the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Media Group. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good morning, everybody. Wow, snow, snow, not this this early. Uh, anyway, sorry, I got a bit of frog in my throat. Uh, my daughter got married last week, and the entire wedding party got it, so uh, uh, bear with me. Let's start off again. Think positively, though. Imagination will often carry us to the worlds that never were, but without it, we go nowhere. Carl Sagan, one of my, my favorites. And then Mel Brooks, who... <laughs> Uh, created a couple movies that I don't think could be created again. Uh, he who hesitates is poor. Empty pockets never held anyone back. Only empty heads and empty hearts can do that. And that's uh, Norman Vincent Peale. All right, as we always say, uh, we start off the show, we just talk about our webpage a little bit. Uh, so if you Google or you Bing Tim Hayes Radio, I show up. And uh, it, you can always tell it's my page because it says, remember, buy low, sell high, how we end the show all the time. And we, we have some good stuff there. The technical analysis that we've been, uh, uh, we've been bragging about for some time. Bob Dickey's hit the cover off the ball. If you were around in September, I sent the thing out. Now I have somewhere, you know, I, I don't, I don't have, you never have enough cash when the market goes down. That, that's a given. But, um, I sent out a thing saying, Hey, the advanced decline line just broke down. Uh, and that was Bob's work and it was a good call. And he just put that thing out. You know, I said, if oil broke, uh, 60 we we or 65 we had a problem and and here it is if you know it was a 50 58 or 57 uh at the close of friday so and bob emphasized that too so you know you you really want to you know sometimes when you see something you understand a little bit like we're in this huge trading range there's a 12 percent trading range um and i think we're going to be in for a while okay because we have growth in the economy, but I think the election kind of changed things a little bit. So it's good to see this stuff. And uh, we also have the market week and uh, what we think about interest rates. <laughs> you know, we think interest rates are going to stay low for longer. I don't think the Federal Reserve likes that, but uh, I, th- I don't think they have uh, much choice in the matter. And then uh, the data breach uh, is is something that you should all be taking a look at. Um, with oil pulling back... Um, It'll be interesting to see how the oil ideas uh, do. Uh, you know, I've, I've bought two of them, and so far, so good. But we also have a new global insight that just came in for 2019, um, and it should be coming in late November. So if you'd like a copy of that, you've got to let me know. I, I'm probably going to email it to you. It's a lot of pages, so uh, be careful. I would also suggest that the dividend growth portfolio um, – is really looking good. Now we just subtracted a name from there uh this last week. Um and we added a financial, which I've been talking about for some time now. So uh that'd be something I'd be taking a look at. Uh you know, so if you have the opportunity, 
the Global Insight is is very interesting piece, and so is in our dividend growth portfolio. I highly recommend them. You know, you buy yield when it's up. And if you get companies that are growing their dividend a lot, uh, look, I did this with the, the consumer staples about uh, four or five months ago, and most of them are up. Okay, I think I'm down 2% on one or something like that, but I've also got a 3.5% dividend on it. <laughs> and uh, a couple others, you know, I, I talked about the entertainment industry. Boy, they have some really good dividends in that industry. And, uh, you know, most of those are up from just two weeks ago. So uh, anyway, the average financial advisor is now 50 a number that has risen steadily each year. So uh, we're getting old is what they're saying. Advisors under 40 are a scarce commodity, accounting for just 22% of the field. That's really interesting. The blended year-over-year earnings growth for the third quarter is 24.9%, which is above the estimate of 19.3. That is the second highest earnings growth since the third quarter of 2010, by the way. The number of people living in absolute poverty has decreased significantly, declining from 1.9 billion in 1990 to just 836 million today. Uh, that's a big decrease. Okay, now, um, you know, we, we've been talking a little bit about a couple things. Uh, I may have to take some sips of water today, so sorry about that, folks. Anyway, um, I said it's time for the financials to step up to the plate now. I don't think it's going to be all the financials. Remember, Maxine Waters is now head of the financial uh, uh, committee, which scares me beyond a doubt. Uh, I I think that uh, she's probably going to go after Wells Fargo. That'd be my you know first first impression. But I also think that she's not going to. She's probably going to go after Don Trump's uh, financial uh, records, and that ought to be interesting. But look. If we're going to get led out of this market, this choppy sideways market that we've been, it'll be the financials that do it first. So so somebody asked me, what am I doing right now? And uh, what I've been doing is buying quality. And I got a whole, I got probably a hundred names that I consider high quality. And I've been buying some of them. Now, I've also said that I probably wouldn't buy the fangs and I'm probably not going to for a while. Uh, you know, I, I think they all have to pull back. They're over-owned and they'll get equally owned and that's when you want to come into play hey 2018-2019 if you're wondering what the dollar limitations are for your retirement plan give me a call i'm at 888-223-7742 that's 888-223-7742 and we can ship that out to you via email uh also if you'd like to have a cup of coffee give me a call you know i i um I've been talking about preferreds for a pretty long time and convertibles as, as a good place to be in the fixed income area. And I, I'd still stick with uh, those two uh, areas. And I, I think, look, we have a lot of really good ideas in the preferred area, and, and some of them are very defensive. Um, and I, I think if you can buy these things, you know, preferreds come between usually at $25. If you can buy them 25 or below, you're you're probably in a pretty good shape, okay? So, with the 2018 uh, midterm elections, probably uh, it w- they were the most anticipated in 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 a generation. Uh, you know, it's it, you really get swept up by the political sideshows. And when it comes to to setting an investment gen- agenda, there's something else that supersedes the DC drama, and we I think you have to pay attention to that, and that is the Federal Reserve. <laughs> you know, but just so you know. Equities are usually the winners after midterm elections, especially in the first 
two years of a presidential term. So uh, we did a study, uh, RBC Global Management, uh, at Global Asset Management, found that the S&P 500 outperformed in four of the past five instances where there was a split uh, Congress and rose 15.6% on average compared to just a 7.7% uh, gain during the normal stuff. So, um, look, if there's any common ground uh, to be had for Congress coming up, uh, I think the opportunities will be very interesting. It'll probably be infrastructure and healthcare are the potential areas of uh, cooperation, although I don't, I don't think there's going to be any cooperation. I think that's what the market's telling us, by the way, that we had a pro-growth agenda and, you know, we have the Federal Reserve bucking heads with the market. And then also what we have is probably nothing going to happen. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, Nancy Pelosi's talking a good game, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. So, um, you know, look, perhaps, perhaps the two sides will ultimately find a point of compromise. But I think it's going to take some serious give and take. And, it's, and, and it's, they're going to beat each other up for a while. So. Look, the the high cost of pharmaceuticals is one issue, but it's only seven percent of healthcare. What it really comes down to is the lawyers, okay? You know, and and the lawyers are suing at every chance, and and that becomes a problem. So there we go. Uh, so I, I think the one thing they could do is you know that we have what I call fiscal follies. Uh, you know, my my kids get married, and uh, I'm worried about my grandchildren and all that good stuff, and take it from there. But Look, growth is determined by the perpetual tug of war between entrepreneurship and government redistribution. When Obama was in office, we believe the incredible technology innovation uh, would allow for economic growth despite Obamacare. Uh, unfortunately, we were wrong. Uh, we thought it would be a plow horse economy. I, I steal that from our good friend Brian Westbury at First Trust. And, and basically, we, that's what happened. And, and now we have the corporate tax cut. We have deregulations. All the policies are pro-growth. The question is, will we go back to, you know, beating each other up in, in Congress? Who knows? I don't know. But, hey, um, a lot of people have asked me. I, I've been talking about the um, the donut hole, and that, that's the Medicare coverage gap, okay? So one of the most confusing Medicare provisions is the prescription gov, gov, uh, drug coverage gap. It's often called the a donut hole, and it may be clearer if you consider the gap with in the annual life cycle of the Medicare, Medicare Part D. But if you'd like a, a thing on this, look, um, on, the road, on the road to retirement, this is probably your biggest problem. And if you'd like some information about that, please give us a call. Um, somebody asked me, you know, what are some of the <laughs> five risks of retirement? Well, a couple things. People travel aimlessly. They, they don't, you know, they, they want retirement to be uh, exciting, uh, yet they take more than they should out of their uh, account, and and they they travel or they buy something. You know, that's that's the big first big risk. The second big risk is they invest too conservatively. Hey, when you retire at sixty five, if you're healthy at sixty, the average woman lives till eighty nine point four. The man is eighty two, and by the way, we're coming up with medical stuff that you know. Believe me, what they're doing with cancer. I mean, I think those numbers are going to be stretched another five, six years. Remember, when Social Security started, the average age of death was 56, okay? So, you know, don't, you don't want to be too conservative. You don't want to be too aggressive, okay? You can still be in the market and, and not be, you know, beat up. Domestic equities are still the number one asset class. And you also can't give in to temptation. You know, uh, new cars and uh, boats and stuff like that can be a problem, right? And... um I'll just leave it at that. 
Somebody asked me, uh, what is return of premium life insurance? It's life insurance with a refund. And uh, so if, if nothing happens to you, uh, you get a return of premium. And it, it's a little bit more complicated than that, but, you know, take take think about it anyway. A um, couple things. There's some, some, I think there's four cybersecurity trends coming up. And uh, I think, first of all, you're going to see security meets data science. And I think that's going to be a big theme this year. With, uh, Artificial intelligence is what I'm talking about. And then the second theme, I think, is Internet-enabled devices. They're going to be everywhere. You know, the Internet of Things. Three, the need for proper um, 2FA growth. And if you don't know what that is, it's uh, two-factor authentication. And then finally, everything old is new again. (laughs) Uh, It gets complicated, but uh, those are the four themes I see coming. The fifth theme has nothing to do with that. It's 5G. And if you don't know what 5G is, you should call me because I think it's going to be, it's probably the first time I've talked about telecom stocks in almost 20 years. First time. First time. I'm even actually seeing some analysts who hate him, hated telecom stocks for 15 years, starting to recommend them. So, hey, there is one precious metal that's going crazy. But I'm not going to tell you what it is. You got to you got to call me. Uh, hey, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Join AM1420, The Answer, on Monday, November 12th as we celebrate our veterans. Bob France will be broadcasting live from Fast Eddies in Parma from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. During the special program, veterans and active duty members will dine for free as Bob talks about the issues of the day and celebrates veterans. That's Monday, November 12th at Fast Eddies in Parma from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Get more details at whkradio.com. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is the Smart Investor Show. Uh, I'm Tim Hayes. And uh, look, a lot of people have been asking me, you know, and I've been talking about, um, you know, a, a strong dollar, weak dollar type thing. And I, I'm just going to go over this again because, look, um, gold and oil prices tend to do best in, 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 in a scenario where we have falling dollar or a falling dollar, Okay. Natural glass aligned with gold moves from one of the worst environments to one of the best returns during that period of time. Um, U.S. stocks, credit, and dollar index do materially worse in faster inflation. So if we, if we do have inflation, I think the dollar will fall. Right now, I think the fact that they keep talking about raising the rates, the dollar is not going to fall. And uh, that's something that we have to pay uh, a lot of attention to in my, my, you know, in my world, I guess. So, look, if you have rising dollar assets, U.S. equities are definitely the place to be. Uh, and that's where the domestic, I mean, dynamic asset level investing is telling you to go. Domestic equities are still the number one asset class. You just got to be a little bit more careful now. Remember, 
we've been buying growth for 10 years. I've been talking about going to value, and I'm, I'm not getting beat up in value stocks. Uh, you know, I bought a couple that are up 5 10% uh, during this fiasco. So uh, small and mid-caps tend to outperform, although I don't think this is going to happen until they quit raising rates. So when that happens, small caps are as cheap as I've ever seen them in my career. Matter of fact, they may be the cheapest they've ever been in anybody's career. Uh, but they don't, they're not going to go anywhere until they quit raising interest rates. Now, growth stocks normally do great with rising dollar assets. However, <laughs> when interest rates go up, their P.E. ratios go down. So you got to wait for the P.E. ratio adjustment before you go out and go crazy with them because they've been going up for 10 years. In a falling dollar assets, uh, non-U.S. equities are the best. You know, So everybody keeps talking about buying uh, international equities, uh, yet you know, the dollar surged last week, and, and I don't think you want, especially at, right after the, the Fed meeting, the dollar surged. So I don't think you want to be necessarily, you know, jumping at these. Commodities, which are down 70, you know, the Commodity Research Bureau Index is down 75% from its high. So I don't think you want to be, you know, running for that. Gold, I always have a 5% gold position just in case, you know, something happens. But gold does not do well in, in a, it does great, I mean, in a falling dollar asset thing. So does in commodities and international currencies. But, you know, I, I'm not sure, uh, you know, the, like I said, the dollar's surging. Uh, the euro broke down. Uh, some of the uh, other currencies broke down. So I don't think you want to be jumping at these. <laughs> All right. So stay with, you know, domestic equities are still the place to be. The only question I have is whether you want to buy growth or value. And I've been buying a little bit of both. All right, so uh, I've been staying away from the FANG stocks, as I said. Uh, if you don't know who the FANG stocks are, uh, give me a call, uh, 888-223-7742. So Lori um, Calvacina, who's our head strategist, uh, has made some really great calls. I mean, last year she said the, the semiconductors were overbought and they haven't seen the light of day since. Uh, she started talking about, uh, you know, the – Consumer staples is a place to hide for the next year. She talked about she did not like technology at all in July, especially the FANG stock. So here's here's her new thoughts, and she had a great strategy piece this week, and I thought it was fantastic. Uh, so number one, she has fears of a global slowdown and the ramifications of slower growth in China have taken hold. Uh, you know, the sell-off, I, I think, was in part triggered by rising rates and some inflationary pressures, Uh and they've rapidly evolved. Well, they've come out quickly. Um, also, you know, we had some concerns that the economic recovery in the bull market in the late innings, and I don't know if that's the case or not. You know, people says there's been no 20% correction. I'm telling you, there's been two 19.9% correction, or 19.4, 19.9. There's been five or six 125 to 15% corrections. There's been five or six, you know, 5% corrections. So for all those people... Hey, bunk. There's been plenty of corrections. We don't need any more if, uh, if we don't have to. But look, I, I think also the, the election has got people, uh, concerned and, uh, the change in power is, you know, we're not going to have a growth portfolio now. It's not the way the Democrats work. So I think, you know, they'll be, they'll be after us. And then we have the tariffs in China and, you know, that, I mean, cat, caterpillar was 163 in August in September, actually. I mean, it hit 112. It's, it's now at one like, uh, 20, 28 or 29. So there's been some major pullbacks since the financial crisis, uh, uh, you know, back in 08. And, and look, uh, the S&P has fallen nine and a half 
percent since September twentieth high. So that's a pretty good, uh, uh, you know, uh, butt kicking, if you will. Um, you know, the, remember the uh, two thousand fifteen sixteen we had a fourteen and a half percent correction, and then two thousand ten and eleven we had a nineteen and nineteen and a half percent correction. So we we have seen some of this stuff occur. Um, now the U.S. equity market had a crowding problem, and it and it's been severe. And it's going to take some time to unwind. There was too many people in the FANG stocks, too many people in the indexes. People were just shoving money into the indexes, and they weren't paying attention. You know what? The index did nothing. I mean, you averaged a negative return on the index from 2000 to 2009. And yet, you know, people keep shoving money into Vanguard, into Fidelity, and it doesn't... Look, stock pickers often underperform, but then they outperform in down markets. That's the way it works. So, uh, look, um, you know, Lori talked about some fears for this reporting season, and most of them are coming true. Uh, you know, she said they were expecting a rocky reporting season due to the impact of a stronger dollar and margin pressures like labor, raw materials, and that type of thing, and we're starting to see that. Now, those issues have been highly in focus, man- in many of the earning calls, along with the tariffs. So one of the things that has bothered us most is that there's a handful of companies have highlighted the stronger dollars, a headwind that they expect to perish in 2019. And I don't know if that's the case, but look, a stronger dollar is good for the markets because it brings foreign money in. It's bad for multinationals. That's why small caps and mid caps do really well. But they're not going to do it very well until they stop raising rates. Okay, so I guess the key calls that Lori came up with was, number one, she's waiting for a better entry point as U.S. equity markets uh, positioning problem hasn't been solved. She's talking about the overindulgence into into, uh, technology. And by the way, those I mean, uh, everybody's got hit in some technology stocks, and and it's amazing how fast they're 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 stepping away from them. So there may be some opportunity there. Uh, Recent weakness in U.S. equities has been deserved from an anti earnings revision perspective. And then she thinks deals and cash deployment, buybacks and KPH, uh keep her neutral for the next six to 12 months. She thinks there's going to be a lot of deals. Mario Gabelli was on the other day, by the way, and he thinks there's going to be a lot of deals. I mean, he, he, he said there could be 100 or 200 deals between now and the end of the year. I thought that was pretty good. She continues to prefer value versus growth, and that can change. And she remains underweight large cap technology and communication services. Me personally, there are some guys that are involved in telecommunications that have been going sideways for 18, 19 years. I mean, no movement at all. They're starting to get interesting to me uh, just simply because 5G is coming. If you don't know what 5G is, you got to better call me. Uh, there's So I think you, what you have is rotation out of the crowded names, and then 2018, there's been a, a leadership change a little bit. So we'll see what happens. Now, uh, look, equity markets did did not bounce until, what, the midweek this week, and uh, so the wall of worry continues, and the S&P 500 and the Russell, they, they, these read, I mean, they, they got beat up, and the readings are very oversold, so I think uh, when you look at some of these readings that are oversold, uh, there could be, you know, a, a move up. Uh, you know, we've been kind of in a in a sideways market. Some people call it a bear market for a year. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, but look, I think there's a re, the, the bullish percent went positive this week, and I'm going to talk about it in the next show, next part of the show, but 
I think there's going to be a retest. Okay, you don't have a, you don't go up uh, 700 points in in two days and everything's going to be fine. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. So I think um, we had some seasonal lows, so we might have a, a decent rally. I uh, don't know if it's going to continue, but. Look, the weakness in technology is going to be consistent with a late stage correction in leadership, uh, and I, I think you know you're you're going to see you know the ten technology bellwethers uh, get beat up a little bit. Um, I think the semis corrected early in two thousand, uh, 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 late in two thousand seventeen, early in two thousand eighteen, and are back to some really good support. So that might be you know one of the places to to go. Retail technical profiles continue to improve, so the retail area is looking really good. I got three or four that I really like, and then in the apparel area that I, that I really like, and the f- financials. Now it's not the all the banks, but it's some of the financials look pretty good. Um, so look, a couple things that I see: the weekly momentum for the S and P five hundred. Ha- they haven't fully bottomed yet, but they're down a lot. Okay, uh, so it, it could get interesting. I also think if you look at the daily, uh, the oscillators are still pretty overbought from uh, are, are overbought from the other day when we went up 500 points. And and um, the Russell weekly momentum, uh, which peaked a while back, is still you know in the bottoming process. But we're starting to see early signs of uh, you know it being oversold coming up here. So the Russell 2000 is a smaller names, just for those of you who don't know what that is. Um, growth versus value. Um, you know, growth is still in the lead, but uh, it, we have a sideways movement instead of a straight-up movement now. So as long as they hold their, their support line, I think we're in pretty good shape there. Uh, the global markets, you know, the downtrend is still intact. Uh, very short-term evidence of improvement attempting to, de- to develop here. So, uh, you know, we don't know uh, when that will actually occur. I think some of the relative performance to versus the S&P 500 shows some very early signs of bottoming also, uh, which is good. The 10-year yields, you know, we still, that 340 area um, is still the major, this is yields now, okay? Not, you know, so the bond goes down when the yield goes up, just so you know. Uh, so at 340, we would probably say, hey, the bull market's over for bonds, but we're not there yet. I would say the the weekly relative strength readings or RSI readings are overbought, so uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. The dollar did break out this week, and the euro broke down. So that's uh, something we got to worry about. And we talked about, uh, you know, some of the, uh, uh, well, oil in general just broke down. I am starting to see some early outperformance out of some of the deal- broker dealers, the real estate, the insurance, you know, that type of thing. And I'm seeing improvement in that, utilities, REITs, and staples and a weakening discretionary technology, industrial, and materials still, all right? Uh, Healthcare broke out. Staples broke out uh, versus uh, the S&P 500. That's all good uh, if you're in them. And we talked about it last spring. So, hey, stay tuned. This is the Smart Investor Show. We're going to be right back with a bullish percent. Um, Stay tuned. Hi, Dennis Prager here for Window Nation. You hear that noise? It's your furnace kicking on again and again over and over. Why? Because your windows are old and drafty, letting cold air in and hot air out, keeping you up at night. Wait. 
it's a good time for you to pick up the phone and call Window Nation. For a limited time, get two free windows with every two you buy. Buy four, get four free. Buy six, get six free. There is no limit. Plus, get 0% financing for five full years. Act fast as there is still time to have your windows installed by the holidays. Stay toasty as Window Nation's expert installers work room by room to install your new windows. Save today, save tomorrow, save forever. Call Window Nation today at 866-90-NATION and get two free windows for every two you buy. Buy four, get four free. Plus 0% interest for five years. Save thousands on your windows and your energy bills. Use for holiday shopping this season. Call 866-90-NATION today or visit windownation.com and tell them Dennis Prager sent you. 24 7 365 you're up and at them every day so you don't want something like medicare part d to slow you down at walgreens we'll take care of your medicare part d prescriptions saving you time and money make the switch to walgreens today and get more by earning 100 balance reward points and save up to five dollars on each medicare part d prescription when walgreens is your preferred pharmacy walgreens trusted since 1901 prescription savings applies to tier one generics when you fill out a preferred versus a non-preferred pharmacy on select plans points can't be earned in new york new jersey or arkansas other restrictions and limitations apply When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. Okay, we're back. Uh, once again, if you'd like to have a cup of coffee and talk about your portfolio, um, give us a call at either 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or go to our webpage, and, uh, which is you know just Google Tim Hayes Radio. And I show up. You can always tell it's me because it says buy low, sell high. Uh, and there's all sorts of contact me or email me on that stuff. So if you want to get together... Uh, had several people do it last week. I was um, uh, and had a couple conversations with some what I thought were just wonderful. Oh man, this one lady was uh, I can't use. I promise I wouldn't use her name, but man, she she made my day. I was I had I don't think I've laughed that hard in a long long time. She was uh, wonderful. I'm looking forward to meeting her. Uh, so uh, once again, eight 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 two two three seven seven four two, or just uh, Google or Bing Tim Hayes Radio, and I show up, and then just hit the contact me or email me. Um, you know, I noticed this week. Um, you know, I talk about First Trust, and they have their Focus Five product, and the industrials got dropped, and they added healthcare. And you know, we've been kind of on healthcare for a pretty long time now, and uh, it's been really working for us uh, in a big way. Now. Uh, look, we, we, we had the bullish percent turn back up into a column of X's this week. It was up 6.8% on Wednesday. It was the whole, the whole kick and, kit and boodle. And it'll hold unless we get back down to 30. The, um, over the counter index was up 6.4%, but it did, it failed to go into a column of X's. So we're still a little bit worried about the over the counter index. And the same thing happened with the world indexes. Now, they're like 0.3 tenths of a percent in both cases from turning up into a column of O's. I don't know if they did that because Thursday and Friday were kind of, I mean, Thursday and Friday look like on, 
on some of the screens I was looking at, and I had a couple screens going. Um, I mean, it felt like we were down a thousand points in the Dow. There was some just stocks that just got beat up bad. So um, that's why I'm thinking maybe that we have a, a turn down. But uh, so the New York Stock Exchange reversed up into X's. That means we have the offensive team on the field, um, and all the other stuff remain in O's. Okay, so. Uh, most of the positive trend mar- uh, charts, which are stuff we watch very closely, were unchanged over the week. Uh, the high-low index are, you know, they're all down below twenty. Uh, you know, for for the New York Stock Exchange, the over-the-counter, they're all at sixteen and eighteen percent respectively. So they're they're cheap. So the number of new highs versus new lows, the lows are winning. <laughs> okay, so th- there we go. So. Uh, the results of the midterm elections are in, obviously, and as uh, many expected, Democrats won control of the House and the Republicans maintain control of the Senate. Now, I mean, the, the Democrats are going to win. But they had nine guys retire <laughs> from the Republican Party, so uh, they won 24 seats, so, you know, good for them. There is some hanky-panky going on in Florida, from what I understand, so uh, we will we'll find out about that. But we're coming off a very volatile week, um, and I think that the fact that uh, – Things came out as expected was why we had the rally. The inter- interesting scenario um, is that, you know, we had this reversal up in the bullish percent after it fell below 30, which is usually pretty positive. So we'll just see. Look, I have found <coughs> in my time that when this reverses below 30, there's a bounce and then it tests one more time just to make sure you're all paying attention. All right. Now, we did see a couple good things is the over the counter index. Um, uh, ha- reversed. Well, it almost reversed. It's it's within you know it's in a column of X's, but it's not not reversed up because it has not hit thirty uh, thirty one yet or thirty four yet. I'm sorry, uh, but the bullish percent did uh, bounce up into a column of X's. Now most of the indexes were you know pretty much oversold. Uh, the Dow had been negative for six weeks. The uh, the mid cap and the small cap seven to eight weeks. QQQs for 10 weeks. They've been just getting battered. And that's what's, that's where the strength is. That's where a lot of the index money is. So they're getting killed. Uh, the, the, uh, equal weight indexes, which is one vote for every stock in the S&P 500. And then, then the market capitalization weight and market capitalization is just the price of your stock times the number of shares, uh, is been negative for seven weeks. So that's, that's kind of interesting also. Um, you know, we were looking at the, the sectors, okay, because we do the bullish percent for sectors also. And uh, wh- here, here's one thing I saw. The large cap names bounced back the fastest. Nothing much else did, okay? So I looked at the bullish percent for all the sectors, and this is the first time uh, since the financial crisis that I've seen that we don't have one favored sector, not one favored sector. And remember, we started this process. Uh, we were at 65 back in January. Uh, we got, to, you know, we were at 28 last week and we were up six this week, but we didn't have one favored sector. However, we have lots of sectors below 30. So what we have to do is watch for these to reverse up. I'm not recommending any of these. These are stocks that are still down and out. Computers, 26. Gaming at 22. Non-ferrous metals, 22. Oil, 24. Precious metals at 16. Retailing at 28. Transports at 24. Wall Street at 24. 
Uh, by the way, auto parts are at 30. Biogenetics at 26. Building at 30. Chemicals at 28. Electronics at 30. Household goods at 28. Um, let's see, machinery and tools at 30. Steel and iron at 20. So that's over half the indexes uh, or half the groups are below 30. So you don't get much oversold than that. Okay, so uh, the fact that we bounced on Wednesday, uh, like I said, it was a – look, the big bounces occur in bad markets. All right, what you want is a week or two, you know, you want to come down hard, and then you want a week or two of doing nothing. Okay. You know, bouncing around, going up 20 points, going down 20 points. Maybe go down 100 and then go up 30 the next day. You know, that type of thing. That's how bottoms work. They don't – it's very rare you have a V bottom. Um, so it, it would be better, I think, for all of us if we did not have that big move up and we came down again and tested the low and uh, then had to go sideways for a while. Well, oil was favored, and then I said $65 on the oil thing, and we had a lot of – Support at 60, and we blew right through that in a hurry. Now, there's been two rumors. Number one, the Permian Basin um, just is pumping oil out. But they did delay the the uh, XL pipeline, uh, which I thought was going to rally oil. But so then the second rumor was that the Saudis are pumping so much oil, they don't know what to do. Nobody knows what to do. So who, who knows? But textiles and, and electric utilities went to average, and then healthcare went to unfavored. Uh, which is the first time it's been there, but it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, they went up in relative strength, but w- they went down in overall pricing. So now I was looking at some things, and it's the seasonality that occurs starting November is usually extremely positive. And some people, you know, what, I, what I've what i talked to them about is using either a low volatility and a momentum piece together. Uh, that way, you know, you get the best of both worlds. Uh, we, we found that that works fairly well. So uh, low volatility is more value-oriented, and I've been buying some value stocks, but I've been using some ETFs too. I don't use them 100%, but I use some of them. But this six months between November 1st and April 30th have been, they have produced, uh, well, look, you know, the, the average performance is uh, about an 8% return. Uh, the seasonally weak months, the average uh, return has been 1.6%. So you can see that this is a good time to invest. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see. But I do think we'll probably come down one more time, test, and then like you know, mid to late November uh, start to rally a little bit. Uh, it'd be very interesting to see um, if the international stocks do that also. So we'll find out. Fixed income, the, you know, um, the – the core bond funds, uh, you know, let's say the AGG, I'll just use that for example, have all broken down, um, and that means their yields have broken up. Okay, so yields are up, folks. You buy yields when they're up. Uh, now, commodities, uh, we, you know, crude oil has been negative for three weeks, and it just got hammered. I mean, we went from $74 down to, to $58.70. Um, the, most of the commodity indexes went down. Gold's been positive for 12 weeks now. And it's up a bit, but none of the gold stocks have really done done anything. So they're not translating the gold price into gold into gold stocks, which I think is interesting. Copper just got absolutely hammered last week, and corn has been positive for a while now. Don't know why, but gold positioning by money uh, 
managed money is now at net all-time short exposure. So this is the they've had more short contracts on gold than any other time in its history. And by the way, cotton isn't too far behind. Okay, uh, and I'm sorry, cocaine is not too far behind. Uh, cocaine has a you know near all-time short also. So that's really uh, it gets interesting. So especially cocaine has actually rallied. So who knows? But you know, we talk about relative strength all the time, and uh, relative strength buys are important. Um, relative strength is a measure of how the stock or a stock is performing when compared to something else. In this case, we do it against the S&P 500 equal weight, and each day the stock's price is divided by that of the S&P 500 equal weight. So when you have buys, it's important. So here's a couple, Cameco. Now, what do they do? They're in uranium. Sienna. That's in that telecommunicate, you know, tele, uh, telecom area that I talked about. Form factors, semiconductors, um, a, a foreign bank, uh, Banco Marco, uh, Macro, I'm sorry, uh, Acadia Health, uh, Middlesex Utilities, MyTech Software, um, R&R Donnelly, that's a low-priced one. Uh, that'd be interesting. Asperian Therapeutics and, and El Paco, Polo Loco uh, on the buy side. On the sell side, we have Belden. Canadian Natural Resources, which uh, I own a little bit of, uh, Coho, uh, and Kana, which just got hit hit hard because they made an acquisition, Ferro Technologies, uh, Tracoro Resources, uh, Invacare, local company, just got hammered on uh, reimbursement problems, J2 uh, Global Communications, uh, Libby, Rail Freight, America, Weight Watchers, Walker Dunlap, Weight Watchers got hammered, by the way, the Container Store, and Spotify. So there we go. By the way, the EEM, which is the Emerging Markets ETF, one of the ones that everybody follows, gave a buy signal this week, you know, a double-top buy signal. It's still below its uptrend line, but that's usually the first step in, you know, looking intelligent or, or, you know, starting to buy things, okay? If it were to break its downtrend line, it'd be very positive. Also, the bullish percent for the S&P 500 turned into a column of Xs, and the bullish percent for all equity funds turned into a column of Xs. So, what we have is we're starting to see the signs of a bit of a bottom. Uh, so don't get too bearish. Everybody gets bearish at the bottom, and, and that's not what you're supposed to do. That's what why we use the bullish percent. So stay tuned. We're going to talk about insiders, the Smart Investor Show. Be right back. Fellow American patriots, Veterans Day 2018 is approaching, and AM 1420 The Answer wants you to help us to salute our veterans. Please join me, Bob France, on Monday, November 12th from 9 to 11 a.m. at Fast Eddie's in Parma. I'll be broadcasting the Bob France Authority live during this special program as we honor the brave men and women who help keep our great country free. Veterans and active-duty military will dine free during the broadcast, so join me Monday, November 12th at Fast Eddie's in Parma from 9 to 11 a.m. I hope to see you there. At Ulta Beauty, the holidays are all about letting your inner glam shine through at every occasion. So whether you're getting ready to show them who's boss at the office party with pink and berry shades from Urban Decay's new Naked Cherry Palette, or you're getting ready for a mistletoe moment with colorful, kissable lip kits from brands like Tarte, ColourPop, and Anastasia, Ulta Beauty is here to help you shine brighter all season long, from Friendsgiving to New Year's Eve. Get ready to gift. Get ready to glam. Get ready to shine brighter. Only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. Let's think about customization presented by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Liberty Mutual customizes your auto insurance so you only pay for what you need. So why aren't more things in life customizable? Why isn't a burger cheaper when you ask for no onions? I don't want them. 
So shouldn't you deduct the price of the onions? Right? Otherwise, I'm paying for the onions, but I'm not receiving any onions. Go to LibertyMutual.com for a customized quote and you could save. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Coverage is underwritten by Liberty Mutual Insurance Company and Affiliates. Equal housing insurer. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is Martin Vesher Show. I'm Tim Hayes, and my voice is going quickly, so <laughs> thank God we only have 15 minutes left. Um, look, I, I think a couple things. Uh, you know, first of all, um, I think it's a really good time to be looking at our dividend growth portfolio, and uh, I would highly recommend, uh, you know, you want to buy yield when it's up, okay? And I just highly, highly recommend it. So we'll just uh, leave it leave it at that and uh, go from there. Um, <clears throat> we talk about it insiders a lot, okay? What we're trying to do is we started out with a big economy in this show, and we moved our way down to individual ideas, relative strength buys, relative strength sells, where you have to take a, take a look at what you, you own and, you know, you still feel comfortable with it. But, but insiders buy, they're right about 67% of the time. Now, we've had a couple ones recently, GE and Lionsgate, where they – I mean, people, smart people bought these stocks. Nelson Peltz bought GE. He got hammered. I don't think he realized how bad it was. the company was being run. And when Jeff Emmel left, you know, the charade was over. And uh, Lionsgate, you know, John Malone's a pretty smart guy. You know, Telecommunications A was the single best performing stock from 1993 to 2003. So he made people a lot of fortune, a big fortune. And he's down quite drastically in Lionsgate. But anyway, um, Usually they're, they're better than analysts. Now analysts have a problem in that what they're supposed to do is tell you which is the best stock to buy. Okay. And, you know, there are times when it's not the right time to buy it. So if their group consists of 15 stocks, they're telling you, Hey, these are the four best in the group. They're not telling you, Hey, this is the best time to buy the group. It doesn't work that way. Um, you know, that's what the technician does. So, all right. Well, uh, Mohawk Industries. The, a director bought $29 million. Now, Mohawk's got, you know, was almost, uh, 280, I think, uh, back in February. It's now 131. Uh, they're the carpet people. So, you know, uh, that's a lot of, that, you know, 29 million is not chump change. And then Larry Culp, GE. Here we go again. You know, GE is kind of interesting. Nelson Peltz bought between 25 and 27. Nelson Peltz is smart money. He's out now. Okay. Then we had 5 million shares, insider shares, bought between 21 and 25. Then we had 8 million between five and eight, uh, 15 and 18. And they're all down. So, obviously, Jeff Emma was telling them, uh, uh, Crocker, you know what? But Mr. Culp ran Danaher, one of the most successful industrial companies of our time. Well, actually, they're a healthcare company now, of our time in the last decade. I mean, he did a great job. He just bought $2.19 million worth. IBM, after they just got killed by buying Red Hat, uh, Virginia, who runs the place, uh, 
She bought $998,000. Seven others bought about $2.4 million worth. And here's PacWest. Uh, some of the regional banks have been just plastered. This thing was 58 back in June. It's now 41. Um, we had the CEO, which I always like seeing CEO, CEO buy, bought 663000 and two others bought uh, 412000 Now, Neighbors, here's a stock that's just got pummeled. This was a $26 stock uh, a couple years ago. It's 570 now. And a director bought $1 million. It's the first buy in a long, long time. I always like to throw in Warren Buffett. I thought Warren Buffett, you know, I've been talking about the uh, uh, <laughs> the financials, and uh, Mr. Buffett continues to buy Bank America. So he bought, paid 5 for it, and now he's paying 26 for it. Uh, I think that's very interesting. He buys quite a bit. And Churchill Downs. Can't wait for the Kentucky Derby because it'll be spring. One director bought a uh, million dollars worth, and another director bought um, and this is Mr. Rankin, by the way. He bought 145000 Remember, the Rankins, the whole family have been in Heister. Uh, they had eight buys of Heister this week, and they, they've been buying for like two, three months. So that's one to pay attention to. And Principal Financial Group, the first buy in almost two years, a director bought $1.2 million. Stock is down drastically from 75 down to 48 And McDermott, this stock just got hammered it was an 80 dollars stock it's now nine dollars and 95 cents the uh a director bought uh 500 uh, no five million dollars worth the cfo bought uh, 2.5 million uh two, i'm sorry and a director bought 250 uh bungee and i've been seeing a lot of stuff in the uh fertilizer area and food area uh these are consumer foods obviously had two buys by continental grain of 20 million two hundred thousand and 20 million nine hundred thousand that's not chump change and Cullen Frost, you know, we had two big buyers last week, and we had another uh, by 349000 and it is the CFO. And American Axle, after getting just killed from 19 down to 11, um, we had a director buy a million dollars worth. And Cedar, um, Cedar Fair, which uh, got beat up, uh, you know, we had a couple buyers a couple weeks ago. We have two more buyers, uh, both directors, one for a million and one for 765000 You like to see that when they're down, so that means the dividend's probably in good shape. And Triton International, which is in rental and leasing, um, you know, was a $40 stock, now a $34 stock. A director bought $11 million worth. That's a lot. And uh, Hasbro, uh, we had another, we had a director there by, uh, who's chairman, by the way, and CEO, by uh, $1 million worth after the stock got uh, went from uh, 110 down to 90. Um, and then Allegiant Travel, uh, we had a director buy $1.3 million. And um, EQT. We had just a whole bunch of people buy. Uh, the CFO bought uh, five hundred thirty nine. Uh, C uh, CEO, I'm sorry, CFO two hundred forty eight. So it's four or five buys in the two hundred three hundred thousand dollar range. We like that. And then um, C uh, Carriage Services, which is personal services area. The CEO bought one point two million, and the CFO bought four hundred eighty seven thousand. Uh, Cooper Standard. We had two buyers of twelve point three million, and then we had. Another buyer of 3.9, and then 3.9, 3.6, 3.6. The stock was 140. It's now 75. So they're stepping up the plate. You like to see that when they're down. Um, CPS, we had the CEO buy $1 million. Um, and then American Home Rental Homes for Rent, we had the director buy $5.2 million. The CFO, a CEO bought $1.17. And then two others bought uh, about $1.3 million. So, you know, here we have all the selling going on, and the insiders are buying like crazy, folks. 
what's that all about? I mean, that's probably the longest insider thing I've done uh, in in a long time. So, uh, you know, just we'll just leave it at that. All right. Now, this is where I'm going to tell you, you know, some of the things that I'm seeing out there. And um, first of all, um, I'm I'm in a situation where uh, I, I I look at oil, and you know, oil had been doing pretty well since we first started talking about it in September of a year ago. And it, and I said at 65, it would probably break down. It did, and probably support now goes to 55. There's quite a bit of support there, so we'll find out what happens. Um, like I said, there was a couple of different rumors. One is the Saudis, and the other is the Permian base has been kicking into gear. Now, look, the the S and P 500 is right where uh, there's some serious resistance. So it'll be interesting to see if we get through that resistance. The Dow has got through that resistance, but then pulled back. So it's kind of a tough, you know, it's a really tough scenario. But I look, we've had periods like this um, where we've gone sideways for a really long time. And, uh, I mean, we did it from 2014 to 2017, you know, right at the, the election. We did it from 2010 uh, all the way through t- 2012. So it, it's been, uh, you know, what we've had is big move, big, big moves up and then sideways movement. Okay. That's how bull markets work. It's kind of a stepladder approach till you get to the far end. All right. So look, we believe that a theme shift from growth to value, uh, is, uh, is appearing and, and it, it's going to develop. And I, I think you're going to see, you know, probably this last six months, uh, <clears throat> you're, you're going to see more and more of, uh, the value side do better because growth is overowned. It's simple as that. I mean, there's just too many people that own, uh, you know, the big fang stocks. Remember what I told you? I said of the major money managers, you know, like there was 62 of them of the 70 were in the fangs. Okay. And that just doesn't work that way. So, Look, I think we're at that first re- level of resistance, and um, I don't think we're going to hit break out to a new high. I think you know we have some problems as far as uh, uh, you know the we have a new Congress in, so growth is not going to be there anymore. Uh, and and so I just say I would suggest this: look, technology is fading a little bit, healthcare is picking up, so that that'd be an area I'd pay attention to. Consumer cyclical retail is another area I'd look to. <clears throat> um, but I, I think what we want to do is just pay more attention to uh, <laughs> uh, where we are. And, you know, I, like I said, I think there's a good possibility that um, we go down and, and test one more time. Okay. Uh, a nine and a half percent correction in a very short period of time doesn't go away. <clears throat> so we had a 500 point move up after the election. We're probably going to come back and test that one more time. But if you buy quality and you buy dividends, that's why I'm talking about the dividend growth portfolio so much. Look, you can't fake a dividend. I don't know if you know anything about accounting, but I'm just telling you, I know plenty about accounting and I know plenty about balance sheets. You can't fake a dividend. All right. GE just cut theirs out. You can't fake it. All right. You know, if you raise your dividend, Everybody can see it on the balance sheet. And believe me, a lot of people sharpen their pencils, okay? So, look, what I'd be doing right now is I'd be I'd be concentrating on the dividend growth portfolio. I'd be looking at quality stocks uh, 
that I didn't own before that I want to own. Now, I'm going to stay away from the growth area for a while and go more to the value area. Okay, there's some stocks that have been going sideways. I mean, I looked at some entertainment stocks that have been going sideways for four or five years. Some of them are down big that look really good on their charts. Okay, the healthcare area has not doing, been doing much for a pretty long time. And I think you got to pay attention there too. I would also mention that, look, um, we have the new global insight for 2019. Uh, the, it's coming in late November. If you'd like to reserve a copy, please give me a call. That number is 888-223-7742. Uh, it's 888-223-7742 or Google or Bing Tim Hayes radio and I show up. Hey, um, Monday's Veterans Day and, uh, man, I can't, the ladies and gentlemen out there that have fought for our, our uh, country and, and, uh, you know, there's just no words to describe them. You know, the people who have taken the oath are the greatest. And, uh, I think, you know, I always say kiss a sailor, you know, slap five with a, uh, an, uh somebody from the army. Be careful with those Marines because they're bad dudes. But, uh, pay special attention on Monday because, uh, they deserve it. All right. Hey, listen, this is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Have a great weekend. Uh, Make a snowman. In the meantime, buy low and sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. When rolling over your 401k, it's easy to get lost. Look to the experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors from RBC Wealth Management to guide you through the whole 401k rollover process. It's all part of designing a plan that's tailored to your unique investment needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. The preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.